You are now listening to the Hack My Age podcast, the show that brings you guests for biohacking women over 50. I'm your host, Zora Benamu, a digital nomad, certified sports nutrition and breathing coach, and master student of gerontology at the University of Southern California. I'm the author of the Longevity Master Plan, the cookbook Eating for Longevity, and a new upcoming program, Energy Reboot for Women 50+. Plus. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, and I would totally appreciate it if you could please leave a review on Apple Podcast to help others find us too. This is a small but very critical gesture that makes a huge impact for me to support a podcast for older women and to help us grow stronger and really get our voice out there and attract even more amazing guests to the show for you and for me. Hello, age disruptors. Today, I'm recording this podcast with a live studio audience. All of you attending this recording now are members of the Hack My Age VIP program. And part of being in this exclusive club is the ability to dial in and watch the interviews as they are recorded. And you can ask your own questions. If you want to be a part of this amazing community, go to patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash hack my age and sign up not only for these cool interviews, but so much more. Before we start, I am so excited to announce that I have been invited to speak at the Biohacking Congress in Boston on June 11th. 2022. And I'm going to be speaking about a topic that rarely gets attention in the biohacking community, and that's biohacking for women who are over 50, which looks at the specific health needs and the solutions for older women. And I'll be giving hacks to this audience that is often overlooked, but this is also valuable insight to the younger biohackers about what they could expect for their future selves. So join me on June 11th and get your tickets at biohackingcongress.com and use the code Zora, Z-O-R-A, for 20% off both the live and virtual congresses. I'll also include a link in the show notes for you, so don't worry. And if you can't make it in June, there will be many other amazing speakers at the biohacking congresses in Las Vegas in March and Miami in October. And you can still use that discount code Zora for those events too. Well, I guarantee that you are going to love my guest today who will not only inspire you herself, but has a whole tribe behind her of inspirational older women who are smashing it through the menopause and beyond. And I'm talking about the one and only Celine Yeager. She is leading the way for so many of us women who are older and active, and many of her followers are over 50 and 60 and are still professional athletes, hitting records, climbing mountains, and winning races outright over the guys. And personally, I find this group very inspiring. And I first found Celine through the Feisty Menopause Summit through Dr. Stacey Sims. And this summit, which gathered incredible speakers on all topics women going through menopause want to hear, sent me one clear message. And that is menopause is a time to speed up, not slow down. And it also showed me an army of women who just won't sit on the sidelines because society told them 
game over. They want to keep in the ring, smashing their goals and making even bigger dreams after 50. And boy, did that resonate with me big time. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How can we still keep up, stay feisty and be active despite the trials and tribulations of menopause? If that's even a word in your vocabulary, because frankly speaking, there are plenty of women out there who are bypassing this completely too. So Celine is not only the content creator of the Feisty Menopause Group, but she's the host of one of my absolute favorite podcasts, Hit Play, Not Pause. Let me say that one more time for you to make sure you got it. Think Menopause, Hit Play, Not Pause. I love, I love it. I love that title. And to me, this embodies one of the key aspects of longevity, and that's play. Something we we lose when we become adults because yet it's you know it's so important to keep in order to live a long health span and really enjoy life. And who doesn't want to skip the pause button? Really, <laughs> when we hit menopause, life is really just beginning in many aspects. And the way that the population is the population aging is going, you know, you you've got another good say 30, 40 years ahead of you. So, you know, why would you want to slow down now? But Celine is so much more than all of this. She is a top selling professional health and fitness writer who is really practicing what she's preaching. And she co-authored the amazing book Roar uh, with Dr. Stacey Sims. And we are now all waiting for their new book to come out. It's called Next Level, Your Guide to Kicking Ass, Feeling Great, and crushing goals through menopause and beyond. And I've already got mine on pre-order. I really can't wait for that one to come out. And I'm not done. So hang on, guys. Celine is also an NASM, that's National Academy of Sports Medicine Certified Personal Trainer. She's a USA Cycling Licensed Coach, PN1 Certified Nutrition Coach, that's me too, <laughs> a pro-licensed off-road racer and former All-American Ironman triathlete. Need I say more? She is a badass and she's over 50 and she's going to tell us how she does it. So without further ado, meet Celine Yeager. Welcome. It's great. It's great to be here. That's like quite the intro. Oh my gosh. It's like I had, it was hard because I, I had still so much more to put in there. <laughs> I, just, well, I, was like, I think we covered it. I think it's fine. <laughs> No, you are really, really inspirational. And I really want people to to value what you have to offer and who you are. You know, it's really important. So I I really respect what you do. And you're literally paving the way for women going through menopause and busting stereotypes and all that. And I'd just like to, before we kind of dive into the menopause thing, I, your whole life story is awesome. And there's a great podcast that you did with Tanya Dalton. Um, so I really encourage everyone else to go there and get into the nitty gritty. But can you tell us a little bit about your journey and into cycling, podcasting and, and writing and how you got to the space of menopause and athletic women? Sure. I'll, I'll do, I'll give the, the cliff notes abbreviated version because yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a very long podcast, but um, you know, the, the simple answer to that is I always rode bikes. I, you know, even when all my friends started driving, I was that kid who was like, I wonder if I could ride my bike 20 miles to the lake. And, and I did, I, you know, I would go in my terry cloth shorts and my <laughs> flip flops, no water, no helmet. My dad would be like, would you wear a helmet? I'm like, no, my hair. You know, so I'm just like, <laughs> 
<laughs> so, I, you know, I don't actually know where any of that came from, but, but it, it's somewhere in my DNA. Like I always loved riding. I always loved just like, I had that curiosity about like, well, maybe I could hike there, you know? So I was, grew up in a small town and I didn't really, I didn't know people raced bikes. I didn't know that that was something that anybody did. So I didn't ever dream of being competitive that way. I played field hockey and the, the usual sports. But when I was in my mid twenties, I got a job at Rodale Press. Uh, they were the publishers of bicycling and runner's world and men's health and women's health. And it was like, I had opened the door to a life that I didn't know I was looking for, but wow. I mean, everybody was super active and there was this group that rode bikes at lunch, you know, the runners ran and the cyclists rode bikes and they invited me to join them. So you know, I had this old bike that I, I didn't even know there was like good road bikes to be had, but I took my, <laughs> my bike out and I started riding and they were like, you're kind of good at this. You, you ever think about racing? I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, signed up for a race one, you know, they're like, told you. So I had some innate talent there. And at, when I was 39, uh, you know, I'd gotten into triathlon because that became big in sort of the late nineties and two thousands. And I signed up for an Ironman as kind of a bucket list thing and trained really hard and largely based on my bike time, I won my age group, you know, and, and went to Kona six weeks later. So that, that just take, took me on this trajectory. I got picked up by mountain bike racing team, which was amazing. And I spent my forties not knowing better, not knowing I was too old to be doing this, I guess, like literally racing mountain bikes around the world. I, I raced in South Africa and Brazil and uh, Israel and Cuba and British Columbia, just like these mountain bike stage races, uh, some of them with Rebecca Rush, who is uh, a very decorated mountain bike racer herself and adventure athlete. So, you know, it, it, it was a, it was a heady time. It was amazing. And I honestly, like, was not thinking about menopause at all. Like it wasn't even in my, it wasn't even my, my radar. Um, but I had started experiencing like anxiety, like waking up in panic attacks in the middle of the night and having like drenching night sweats, like <laughs> drenching night sweats that I kind of was just attributing like, oh, maybe I'm training really hard. And, you know, I have a daughter and life get, life just gets to you. So I'm just like, mm, I don't know, because I didn't know anxiety was a symptom. Like I didn't know that, you know, I'd heard about hot flashes, but um, it wasn't night sweats wasn't really on my radar at that time. So I just kind of kept going, <laughs> kept doing what I was doing. <laughs> and uh, around 48, it went like shit went sideways. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but like, sorry, but like, <laughs> like went, went off the cliff. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I had already started the book with Dr. Sims, the next level book, you know, and it was about this, this time of life. And I, I got a little panicky. I was like, Stacy, I'm, we need to talk, you know, I, I, things are not going well. <laughs> you know, my body composition seemed to change overnight. Hills that were easy on my bike were not easy. I was, my headspace wasn't good. I it just, things were just not good. And she's like, calm down, you know, and we, we, you know, we, we dug into like a lot of the things that we're going to cover in the book, but, you know, I started taking some of that advice that we'll talk about through this conversation, I'm sure. And, and just got like back into a better space, felt more in control. And, you know, after my 50th birthday, I came and I won Iron Cross, which is a really hard uh, gravel, sort of a mixed surface race. It's got single track. It's got dirt roads. It's got all kinds of crazy stuff that I had won the first time 10 years prior to 40. So that, that was, wow. that was really great for me. And it, it just made me feel like, okay, you know, like this stuff is still doable. 
And then along this journey, I met the women who work at uh, Feisty Media, which is the, the company that hosts my podcast. And they had asked me to do a webinar based on what I was doing with Dr. Sims. And I was like, you guys need a podcast. And they said, do you want to do it? And I said, yes. And I, you know, I'm kind of spontaneous sometimes. And I just, I wanted to reach these women who I knew were out there like myself who couldn't find anything. Cause like when you start digging in yourself to find what you can do during menopause, you find a lot of basic advice that I would write for something like prevention magazine. Like you should walk, you should exercise. And I'd be like, check, check. I'm already exercising. (laughs) You should like hydrate. I'm like, okay, I got it. You know, but like, what about people who are already like interested in performance and there was crickets, there was nothing. So I was, and I knew that there were so many women because I raced with them and they were starting to disappear. When I hit that place, I wanted to disappear too, because I was so confused and so like ashamed even. And I was like, we need to drag women back into, you know, the daylight here. There's, there's hope, like, let's have these conversations. And here we are. That's amazing. I'm so glad you decided to pursue and push through and say, you know what, we got to have a podcast or open up this, this can of worms because seeing your teammates or, you know, the people you train with just fall off the radar. That's just so depressing. It's like a death, you know, <laughs> you don't, and that's what we want to disrupt. We, we can, and, and, and it's so wonderful that you, you did pursue and you did find that, that tribe. And that's what I'm trying to do here with the hack my age tribe. I, I really want them to meet the feisty menopause tribe. I think these women are just like you who didn't know that this whole world exists. I mean, some people in my personal group, people look at me as an anomaly, like you're the weirdo who likes to train or exercise and eat well. And, you know, you're just, I don't know, you're, you're, you're a rare case. And I don't think so. I think there are plenty of us. There are, there are plenty of us. Just have to find each other. Yeah. You just need to find that tribe. And one thing that really bothered me one time was I, I, you know, when you're training and you're active, you, you know, have, I don't know, knee injury or your hip or something. And, and this happens and we, we overcome them. And I remember one time when I was having trouble with my knee, a friend of mine said, you know what, Zora, maybe it's time to slow down. And I was 48. <laughs> you know, like I just, every time I hear that, I have the same visceral reaction. I'm like, I can't believe people still say that. Yeah. People, I just can't even fathom it. Yeah. And she was the same age. And I thought this is not, except I said, you don't know me. <laughs> but the problem was the more I heard it, the more I started to think maybe they're right. Are they right? And you question, you do it down. Mm-hmm. And that's when I think things can really go wrong. And, and in my gerontology studies, yes, you know, the people that you're around, they certainly influence you. And so you want to be hanging around <laughs> healthy, inspirational people and not people who right. bring you down. And so this is what I saw in the Feisty Menopause Summit. I might, it's just like you and, you know, we go, oh, wow, there is a whole world out there. And I'm, I highly encourage, you know, people to please, you know, follow Celine, follow Dr. Stacey Sims, the Feisty Menopause, uh, if you are interested in this, because you're absolutely right. A lot of literature out there, a lot of information and, and tips for the sedentary person. But what yeah. about active people who are active and have always been, or (laughs) even just want to start, you know, really Mm -hmm. it's, there's not a lot out there. So 
I really appreciate yeah, what you're doing and your, you as well as the feisty menopause and just that mission is to break those stereotypes of menopause and older women. And, yes. and as a gerontologist, I mean, it's really crucial that I get this message out there that there are all kinds of older adults. You know, I don't want to poo-poo to people who are sedentary. I mean, if they want to be, that's fine. That's the right. Mm-hmm. No problem. Yep. My mother, <laughs> I don't know that she would run even from a fire. I think she'd just be like, eh, somebody will get that. She's probably like, where did you come from? <laughs> Every day. Believe me, those words come out of her mouth. Where, where, where did this come from? Where did this gene come from? Yeah. So funny, but it's, it's true. I mean, we have this image of an older adult or, you know, going through menopause or just a stooped over wire haired granny who can't remember anyone's name. And, and this is just wrong. And we need to break these ageist stereotypes. And this is really important also just the, the health of the population. I mean, there's a whole psychology behind this, but how do you think ageist and and menopause stereotypes need to be, or or can be disrupted or debunked? It's so interesting. Like a, I think we're doing it. Like, I think that the fact that you and I are having these conversations right now, we are, we are doing that. Like a large part of it is your group, my group stepping out, being seen, being heard, you know, seeing like Jeannie Wall, who's in her fifties, like still climbing El Capitan and, you know, like, like, (laughs) okay, you know, and Aaron Carson setting some of her best PRs at 54, you know, in, in half Ironman's like, we're, when you can see that, like we all have power to show people what we're doing right <laughs> like we all phone. have it yeah it we, out all, there. <laughs> we all have the power so and i think that that is happening and i it's i know it's happening cuz i see it so that is that's really important and i think that the intersection of these things is also really important because one of the things i believe makes women reluctant to talk about menopause is the ageist piece especially in, you know, in athletic circles, but probably broadly as well. We have made these things synonymous. We have made menopause synonymous with being old and we've made old bad. And all of that needs to change, right? Like all those dominoes need to fall. And so having these conversations is super important. Having representation is that that it's so cliche at this point to say representation matters, but it really, really does. Like seeing people out there who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever beyond who are just like, okay, that's what that can look like. Because if all you've ever been shown is what you, the things that you described, you're like, okay, well, that that's, I guess that's what aging is. A physiologist I really respect, Andrew, I can never say his last name, but he does science and sport. He has these great graphic treatments that he puts up for like how to eat enough protein or, you know, how you should train. And they're a little like little cartoon figures doing things. And he had one on masters women and they looked, they, they looked like super granny, like literally like almost, but, but they weren't even, they were like stooped over in white curly hair and like pushing a shopping cart around. And I, and somebody tagged me and I was like, Oh, you know, so (laughs) I, I had, we had just had the men, uh, the feisty performance summit. And we had a whole thing about like not calling people out because it makes them defensive and dug dug in, but inviting them in to see things a different way. And I'm like, I'm going to invite Asker in, (laughs) you know, and I wrote a whole blog about it. I was like, I love you. You know, that we had, we go way back. Please understand how this lands. He did get a little defensive at first. He's like, oh, we were just trying to be funny. And I was like, no, I'm not very, well, no one's laughing. And then I, <laughs> I think he saw like that, okay, that that is actually like it, important, that it yeah. does matter, you know, the yeah. images that you put out there. 
It does. There's a fine line, you know, really between, you know, want to have a little laugh. I mean, we shouldn't get to the point where nobody can say anything. This is the totally. And I'm, I'm not about that at all. Yeah. 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 Let's be yeah. clear. This is yeah. where it gets really hard because you don't want to offend people, but and you don't want to be uncomfortable and then we can't have a laugh. I mean, we should be able to laugh, but there is that fine line. Like when is it too far? And that's what, what we all have to learn. But, but generally I think, yeah, if we can just break those stereotypes and, and just like any ism, you know, ageism is something that uh, people need just to be educated on and they do will get defensive if you kind of call them out so right. there's a there's a whole That's the human nature it's human nature if someone starts yeah. calling you out you're gonna be like well you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's just it's just better to be like hey let's have a conversation come over and see my point of view a little bit yeah exactly so what is the because you you are in the world of athletics and athletic women and you're you're just you're out there so uh, as well as just meeting all these people through your podcast, you know, do you see a common thread in how athletic women, I mean, athletic, and we can define them as just anyone just doing exercise, planned exercise, going to the gym mm-hmm. all the way yep. up to, to if you exercise on purpose. Yeah. Exercise on purpose. <laughs> like people always, you know, when I introduce the menopause for athletes program to people, they're like, I'm not an athlete. I'm like, you are. <laughs> so we have to define that, that it's anyone who does planned exercise, that's you're an athlete. And, but you see these people from, from just going to the gym all the way up to the professional level. So totally. do you see mm-hmm. any common thread of how these women are overcoming uh, the challenges of menopause? Yeah, I, I do actually. And, and it, it's funny having done you know, almost 70, maybe, I don't know where we're at with the podcast, but a lot of them, right. That I am seeing some common threads that are really interesting to me. And the ones that I think stand out the most, an acceptance and a curiosity and a a willingness to change things up and try different things. So by acceptance, I don't mean, oh, well, this is it and sit down, you know, like, Mm -hmm. that's not what we're talking about. I mean, like, not just digging in your heels and being like, this is how I've done things for 20 or 30 years. And I'm, you know, I'm just going to keep trying to do and hit my head against this wall and see if I can break through it. Like that's not going to get you very far because, because you are in a transitionary period. Like you're in a, in a place of change, right? So what worked for those previous years may not work now. Like, so you're in this, this transition where you will you may need a different approach and being curious about what that looks like and trying different approaches. And by and large, when you look at the audience, like that's what works for them. That's what, you know, they stop and they're like, okay, like what does my body need to do now to work with my changing physiology? Cause we're all about that and changing up the training and navigating some of the nutrition. And like, that is by and large the way it works. I mean, trying to just entrench yourself when you're in a changing physiology is it's just an exercise in frustration. Yeah. I, I like that word curiosity. And I, I, I was listening to your podcast this morning when you mentioned that and you said, oh, I heard it several times now. And it's, it definitely, it, a lot. it does, it does. And I think it's a great way to start. And it reminds me a little bit when I was working with, you know, as a health coach, when you sort of put something so negative, you know, this is going to be a horrible thing, or you take away their food or you take away, you know, it doesn't really work. So I would very often talk about people experimenting with themselves, right? Let's yeah. just call this one big experiment. Let's see what happens and how your body responds. You know, you want to put eat- you in a different yeah. headspace when you, when you approach it that way too. Yeah, absolutely. So that curiosity and that experimentation to me go, go hand in hand and just consider, yeah, you're, you're just one big science experiment and you're the scientist trying to figure out how this all works. So stepping aside 
and uh, looking and, and trying. And, and as a biohacker as well, that's what we're all about is, mm. is assessing, not guessing, you know, let's measure things. We love our gadgets and aura rings and all that stuff, because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't necessarily always feel it, but if you see a number, you may go, huh? you know what, maybe, maybe (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I like it and what Laura tells me. And sometimes I really don't, (laughs) but it, but it is, it's like having those insights. I mean, I always tell people like it just, it helps you. It helps me stay on track and reinforces like beneficial behavior for myself, Mm -hmm. right? Like things that I know are going to uh, work for my sleep or work for my stress. Like it just helps me locate that and then stay on that path. Yeah, absolutely. It's that motivation. And you have to take all this stuff and we could go in a whole uh, talk about oh, gadgets yeah, and stuff, other, but like, you gotta take all that yeah. stuff with a grain of salt. It's not a perfect science. So, yeah. so we see that, uh, you know, some of the, the best things to do for a woman going through this transition is to you step back, take a look at it from a side of curiosity and then make the adjud- adjustments. Yeah. Is, there, is there any other advice that you would give a woman going through some stereotypical menopause systems who are who's struggling with her exercise routine? Because you are, you know, a fitness expert as well. So if somebody's having just more tired or they see their muscle mass going down, what would you say is the one thing they should do to either fix the exercise routine or jumpstart it? Lift heavy, lift heavy, lift heavy, lift heavy. (laughs) Did I say lift heavy? Lift heavy shit. You can say that. Yeah, thank you. I wasn't sure if I could. Yes. Um, uh, (laughs) Oh my, it is, it's transformational. And I, and I'm saying that from a place of, you know, professional sort of knowledge of, of education as well as very personal journey. I, I spent years, I very muscular by nature, just like kind of not doing that piece. And even when I lifted, I never lifted heavy. I was never one of those people. i never went to the barbell room because I really thought that was for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought like, that's for those guys in the Zumba pants or whatever they're wearing. <laughs> and I can't remember what they're called. You know what I mean? The gold yeah. those guys, they're, they're in there. I like, I just didn't relate. Yeah. And so when Stacy was just like, no, you've got to do this. Okay. Okay. And then like light bulbs went off all over the place. It is. So when you, when you reach this, this place, especially when you're, when your hormones, your sex hormones are declining, they have done a lot of work for you. You know, your, especially your estrogen is anabolic. It helps with strong muscle contractions. I mean, a lot of this work has been done by your hormones. So you might've been able to skate, but once you hit this transition where things are fluctuating and declining, you need to step in and do some of that work and nothing works better than lifting heavy. It's, it's not about getting big. In fact, it's the opposite. Like a lot of the lifting that women tend to do when they do lift the, the higher reps and stuff that is actually breaking down your muscles. And it's, you know, giving you more of those show muscles. When you lift heavy, it activates your central nervous system and it activates more motor units. So you have more muscles at your disposal. So you become more efficient and more energized. Like I did it this morning. And every time I lift heavy, I'm like, I am buzzing with electricity, right? I'm just like, I am ready to take on the world. Come at me. Come on, Zora, (laughs) let's talk. You know, I'm just like, so ready. And it makes like, I feel like I have another gear in my bike. It helps with the body composition changes because it's so metabolically active. If there's nothing else that you try to do, I really encourage women to do that. Like, cause they don't know, unless you know, like once you step in and start doing that, like and by heavy, I mean like five reps, right? Like, you know, that's, that's sort of this, my sweet spot anyway, but less six would be the max of that. It is, it is literally transformational. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I was just going to ask you, I'm sure a lot of people are going, well, what does it mean heavy? So you would say five, six reps. So like the sixth, fifth or sixth one is like so hard. You can barely like lift it up, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Always with good form. And it's really a good idea too. If you've not done it, I highly recommend. I mean, a coach is worth their weight in gold. Hire somebody to to show you because it's only a few lifts that you really need to do like a good deadlift or a good squat. It is amazing how how great that is for everything you do. It complements endurance activity because I'm mainly an endurance athlete, right? So when mm-hmm. I when I went in to do CrossFit, they would want me to do a bunch of stuff that it's like, eh, risk reward. I might hurt myself doing that. It's not worth it. Yeah. But you know, like the 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 lifting heavy part and and working that component definitely translates to my goals as a human being and as a endurance athlete. So yeah, 100%. I totally agree. We talked a lot about this in gerontology, just sarcopenia, age-related mm-hmm. muscle mass loss. We need to keep our strength. And you hit it, you've so explained important. it so well in terms of the hormones and why for women. I think it's it's crucial. And I'm I was very much like you, just better at endurance. I I'm not a professional athlete. I've never gotten to, to things like that, but I've always been gravitated towards those you know, aerobics or step or, you know, things <laughs> yeah. where I, I could yes. just go on forever. And, yeah. uh, and then one day I, I joined this, I was in Hong Kong, living in Hong Kong, and there was a, a group called Bikini Fit. <laughs> and it was started by a man, this guy, Alex, um, something, but it was only for women, which was amazing. I loved mm-hmm. it. And he was brilliant, actually, the way he he composed it. You had to do, you know, you kind of bought into a package and you had to do, you know, choose your time slot, show up every day at seven, whatever it was. And then one day was endurance. The next day was strength. And the next day was yoga. And, you know, the next day and nobody would come to the yoga. <laughs> These girls were like badass, total badass. They would lift like there was no tomorrow. And I was always that was the class I wanted to skip because I was bad at it. I was like, right. I, and I. I can't let, I can, you know, the, the peewee weights on and it was hard. And so I didn't want to, but I knew it was good for me. And I is like you, I felt that buzz. I felt there's something to this. And by then I already knew that I should do it. (laughs) So I did it, but absolutely. And then when I started to incorporate that into, into my health coaching, telling women to chill a little bit on the endurance. I know you love it, but yeah, that strength training and it is transformational. And so, but the thing is a lot of few people get, it seems to me is that five, six reps, people still don't understand that. It's that they, they want to do the 10 or 15 because we've always been doing that since Jane. Totally. And my God, I, that's the thing. I'm like, I know that I wrote that for 20 years and I'm sorry, (laughs) you know, like was what we thought. Like, I know better now. Science is evolutionary. No, we need to do, you know, like, yes. Cause we did that's We said that forever and ever tone, 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 tone. And that was our message, right? Tone tone tone. classes. No, I mean, if you really want to tone, pick up some heavy weights, you know, like, cause it really makes a, it a huge difference yeah. and it doesn't just wear you down. And I think that's what, you know, when you get into those high reps, it actually just kind of breaks your muscles down and wears you down, mm-hmm. which, which, which has its benefits itself. If you let yourself recover, then your muscles recover. I mean, that's not saying that that doesn't work in a way, but when you do that heavy lifting that really activates the central nervous system and the motor units, it's a different thing. You're getting strong and powerful. I mean, mm-hmm. even like the skinny Tour de France guys that you mm-hmm. might see are lifting giant heavyweights for low reps. They're not in there doing 20, you know, they're not doing yeah. that. 
They don't have time anyways. Well, that's true. <laughs> Nobody has time. We don't either. <laughs> that's what I love. You know, five, six reps. That's all it's you need. Great. It's that's... great. And once you do it, you understand like that is literally all you need because you feel it. Yeah. The other thing I would really recommend people, like you said, get a trainer to help you if you've never done this before, if you don't know definitely. what proper definitely. form is, because you could really hurt yourself. Yeah, and definitely. You don't even know where to start. Right. And anyone who's thinking about, oh, I, I don't want to get bulky. It would be really hard to do that. It's not it's not a thing. Yeah, I would put that out the window. Just don't even think about that. The other thing, actually, speaking of lifting heavy shit, because I discovered I BFR bands, blood flow restriction bands. Oh, that's and interesting. I thought this is a brilliant uh, device for people either who are injured mm-hmm. or if you're recovering from a surgery or if you are an older adult who's never lifted weights and at all. I mean, I can't imagine telling my 85 year old father-in-law to lift a very heavy thing, right? He's got to start quite low, but you got to get heavy at some point to get those gains. And I did a great podcast with Chris Gaviglio and he's, um, he's a PhD in, in sports science and he explained it brilliantly. And I, I really would love for more people to investigate this, at least look at, cause there are contraindications, but you have these bands, you strap on either your arms or your legs, and then partially restricts the blood flow. And it's supposed to increase growth hormone. So you can lift the baby weights, <laughs> but you feel like you're lifting a truck. And, and when I've done this myself, I mean, I've measured on my, my heart rate monitor, my watch, and I, I just try them with the bands, without the bands. The moment I put the bands on, my heart rate's pumping. I mean, it's heavy. And uh, I'd love, what are your thoughts on BFR bands? I, I wrote a whole feature on them for bicycling recently. I spent a lot of time. Uh, the research is very solid. Like when you actually go into the research, it's very solid. Climbers use them a lot. It's come up on my show with Nancy Fegan and Maggie Odette talked about them. They're both, they're both climbers. Like yeah. Nancy's a legendary climber that they use them uh, for the same reason. They can actually carry units with them. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it does help with that kind of contraction, especially, but yeah, it is a very interesting way to the capillaries. You, you develop more capillaries because your, your body has, it's trying to make the most of the blood you're letting it have, <laughs> you know, so that the, ad, the adaptations are quite pronounced. The only thing I have not personally tried it yet, I would like to, I have heard it is extraordinarily uncomfortable. Now, have you, have you had that experience? The first time you put them on, it's a bit weird. you you have okay. them on your arm and you pump them up. It looks like a little um, heart, like a blood pressure, blood pressure thing. Right. And then you pump it up. And, and again, you know, I highly recommend people to get one that has the pump, but get the training and how to do it. Because when I, I got this, I called Chris, I was like, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, what totally. do I do? And there has to be a certain pressure for and a certain size arm and a certain size leg. It's not just a one size fits all. So once you do it, yeah, I felt the definitely the arm felt like it was, you know, you could Tingling? feel the blood pulling. Like going... You could see oh, the, the veins see. start I... to pop out. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah, can yeah. see a difference in, you know, in, in color, like you start to go a little bit more red. So there's, uh, you can't do this all day long. You have it's for, you do like five or 10 minutes and then you take a break and then you do another session. There's a way to do this. So, but if you do it and you do it right, I'm really impressed with how excellent it works. And, and when you Google this, it's a bunch of meatheads in the gym trying to bulk up. But I'm like, what about the physiotherapist? The mental health guys love it. But yeah. but it is like it started in the physiotherapy, like so many of these things do, right? Mm-hmm. It started mm-hmm. in rehab. 
Yeah. Because of what you're saying, like when you're injured, you can't put a lot of stress or weight on something. So that was a way that they were, and I won't say you can get gains, but you can stop the atrophy process, which is mm-hmm. what they were doing. Like somebody yeah. would get injured and you lose so much muscle so quickly when you're immobilized. Right. So they yeah. were using it on the immobilized limbs to, to make sure to stem the loss and it worked, you yeah. know, and then like, if you add a little exercise on top of that, they're like, wow, these people are like, not losing anything and maybe even gaining something. So yeah. it started there. And, and like I said, the science, you can go on PubMed and the, the research is very, very good for yeah. it. It's very good. It's interesting. Like there are people who do it in lieu of lifting heavy things because you don't have to, like you were saying, you can lift a much, much lighter weight and get the same relative stress on your body because of, you know, you, you don't have the same blood flow. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that equals the same central nervous system activation. Like I don't, Mm. you know, I haven't gone sort of down all the rabbit holes. So I don't know that. Like I, I would say intuitively not, but you know, I, I I don't know. It Mm -hmm. is very interesting though. And for, to your point, for people like your dad, it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. So I'd love more, more people to be talking about this for the aging population. Yeah, totally. I think it's great for them. And I I love them because I'm a nomad. So I don't, I go from Airbnb to Airbnb and, and I don't have, sometimes there's a gym downstairs. Sometimes there's not, but if I I can just lift a couple of soup cans and have my BFR, (laughs) like, okay. Let's, you know, right. I'm still rolling. So, so I'm just, I'm loving them, but I was, I was curious to hear your thoughts and, and, uh, and I'll go have to get this article that you wrote about it because yeah. I'm very, very curious about it. This episode is sponsored by Primadine, a supplement that if I had to choose only one, it would pretty much be this one. It's because Primadine is spermidine. And this has been shown to activate autophagy, which is super important. And it's basically a cellular cleanup and recycling process that declines as we age. When we get older, our cells accumulate a lot of junk and a lot of waste, and this isn't really great for us. So we need to clean it up. So if you want some research, go to primadine.com and you can see all of it supporting cognitive health and heart health, hormone balancing, and long and strong hair, nails, and eyelashes by using spermidine. So another very important reason why I love primidine in particular so much is that I've never had received ever as much feedback about a product as I have with primidine. Literally several times a week, someone reaches out to me on Facebook or Instagram with an amazing testimonial. And most of the time it's about improved sleep. So I can honestly say that I can 100% be convinced now that primidine is the best spermidine supplement you'll ever find. And you can try it with a 15% discount by using the code Zora, Z-O-R-A, on primadine.com. And that's P-R-I-M-E-A-D-I-N-E.com. Now enjoy the show. So your personal experience going through menopause, you know, you said you saw some changes and you did overcome it, right? What was the biggest contributing factor to that? And how did you do it? Overcome is not a word I would use, honestly, because because when I think overcome, I think negative. And my my big push in this space is not to be negative with menopause. It's to be, you know, I, I, it's, it sounds woo woo to say like embrace this thing, but 
like I work with it. I'm all about like working with what my body needs and the the changing physiology. So as I have gone through this process over the past few years, I have actually embraced it as a transition to another level in life where I can step into my power and not be worried about what people think of me, which is incredibly liberating. It is a transition to really great things if you allow it to be. Now that said, there are symptoms that may not make you feel that way, right? And that that is what, when you ask the overcoming question, you're probably alluding to is, you know, how do you navigate or assuage these disruptive symptoms that are stopping you from stepping into your power the way you want to? You know, a lot of it, I it, there's trial and error for every woman because every woman's journey through this transition is unique. I mean, that you know, we just need to say that some women are really blindsided by depression and anxiety and vertigo. And, you know, some women have some hot flashes and not a whole lot else. I mean, it's a huge spectrum. But, you know, I personally, we talked about the lifting heavy. That was huge for me. That was really transformational. And I also started experimenting a bit with adaptogens and, and those kind of things. The big piece is, for me personally, and for a lot of women is as the sex hormones decline, it's harder to regulate your cortisol. Like you're naturally in this more stressed, sympathetic activated space. And that's hard, That's difficult because it does create those moods and the anxiety and all the stuff that is getting in your way. So mindfulness becomes really important and finding ways to mitigate that stress become much more important. I personally have found success with ashwagandha and CBD. These are two things that just work for me to help me sleep. And sleep is important because it sets up that loop, right? If you're not sleeping, you're always in that stress loop. And that's, it's a, nothing good is happening from that space. So I, I think of it in terms of like pillars or dominoes, like what can you knock down that has a good knock on effect on the rest of the stuff? Sleep is a huge one. Stress is a huge one. And lifting heavy also helps tamp down that cortisol. So like that, all that stuff is really good. So if you can just like bring down that stress, it does help you step into that power. Yeah. And talk about even the, you know, when you talk about the cortisol and stress response, a lot of this is accumulated since childhood that we may not even think about. You may think, oh, I'm not stressed or I'm okay, but you've been in this space since you were five, you know, and you don't even know it. So, you know, it's not that it's, if we don't want to say stress is a bad thing, the same thing, you know, overcoming menopause, you know, it puts this negative light on it. Right. Some stress is great. You need yes. some stress. Yeah. It's like, a, <laughs> I, I liken it to a violin string. Like you want enough to make music in your life. Like not enough stress. There's like a limp string that doesn't make any music, right? Yeah. Too much. And it's like, <laughs> boing, you know, like it's all done. Like, but if you have just the right amount, the music is beautiful. That's how I stress. Absolutely. So in terms of ashwagandha and CBD, is there, you know, do people just go in into any pharmacy and pick up no, something? Hard. Or do you think that there's, there's some that are better than others? Or It's kind of the, the wild west, right? This is a very unregulated industry. So there's a lot of a lot to wade through. You know, we just actually had this discussion last night with Stacey Sims and our membership, and she recommends, you know, finding pharmaceutical grade brands. Like you're not going to get it necessarily in your pharmaceutical, but there are brands like Life Extension is pretty good, you know, where you can see that it's like organic ingredients and there's not a lot of filler and it's just like an established brand. They just don't go on Amazon and buy the cheapest thing. That's not going to do you service. You know, you have to do a little research and you can pretty much tell once you start digging in, like, okay, this brand has these papers and it's been around a long time. And it has, you know, I mean, you just like sort of use your spidey sense too. And the same would be true with CBD. I mean, most of them have uh, certificates of 
inspection, I can't remember the name of it, but like a third party has gone in and looked at their product to make sure that what they're saying is in the product is actually there. So, you know, you can COA, a, a sort of certification of authenticity. It's just important to do your research and not just go to the gas station and buy something off the shelf. Yeah, I think this is something, you know, we, Stacey, Dr. Stacey Sims was fantastic about explaining all of this in the Menopause for Athletes program. Yeah. I, I missed the the live yesterday with the Feisty Menopause group. I think we covered. talked about adaptogens. Yeah. And and she's she's wonderful about you know helping you navigate that space. So I highly recommend to people to again go go over to the Vice Team Menopause space or Stacy Sims and and get some advice. Also, uh, I don't know if you know Sean Wells. He's mm-hmm. a an ingredientologist, and he's yeah. got a lot of great tips on how to look out for uh, what to look out for in a in an, a supplement. And and yeah. I can probably put that in the show notes too. That's I, I did important. A, oh, he's he's brilliant. So. I totally agree with you. Don't just go to the gas station and pick up the first bottle of ashwagandha. In the grocery store, I mean, it's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. It is overwhelming. Yeah. You go online, you're like, where do I even begin and how do I know? I totally get it. But yeah. they, like once you find like reputable brands, that's good. Because then yeah. you can like, wait, you know, you, you know that you have something that you can trust and that's super important. Hey, I'm butting in for a quick second. If you enjoy the content brought to you in this podcast, consider supporting Hack My Age by becoming a patron on patreon.com. This is where you can drop a tip or become a member for the price of a coffee. Members get special material, free coaching, and private Zoom calls. Join us by going to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Hack My Age. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to the podcast. You are such the advocate for menopause and disrupting this this space and what is the one thing that frustrates you the most about the topic of menopause <laughs> you know this is going to sound really silly but the word menopause i hate <laughs> the word i like i hate the word i don't know anyone who likes the word like whenever i talk to people like i just really hate the word i'm like i know it's a bummer of a word like when i was trying to come up with a title for the podcast that was my biggest barrier i'm like i hate this word it's just as a word person it's just a drag to say it doesn't sound positive it doesn't sound energetic you know i'm just going to start calling it like the next level of womanhood or something (laughs) (laughs) next level yeah Next level. Yeah. Cause it, it, I just, that is the thing that like, still, I'm just like, wow, I really hate this word. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. It's just unfortunate. And we have such a negative connotation to it, but it, it started, it was born that way. <laughs> anyway, so. It was born that way. <laughs> poor, that poor word. <laughs> so let's talk about your guests on your podcast. I just love, I love it. Keep doing what you're doing. And I highly recommend again, people to go and listen to that. You, you talk about sports a lot because that's really your, your realm, athletics and sports, but so much about menopause and hormones, emotional and mental health. A lot um, of that comes uh, up. Mental and emotional health comes up and off. A lot. And then that's another box that we need to open and talk more about. Um, sex and nutrition, all of this is, is just amazing. Any topic that an athletic woman wants to hear, you're going to get it on the podcast. And I find them all like super inspiring. But which guest inspired you most? That's such a hard question. As a writer, my goal has been since I started writing to learn something from everything that I write, because if I learn something, I'm sure that you're going to learn something. And that has been my goal with this podcast as well. I want to walk away with something new 
because then I think my audience will walk away with something new, especially since I spend so much time in this space. So if I'm getting something out of it, hopefully you are too. So it's really hard to pin down a single guest because I honestly feel I have gotten something so valuable from each and every one of them. I think, you know, it's easy to point to the ones that are obviously inspirational. Like you've got a Leah Goldstein, right. Who just like <laughs> beat all like one race across America outright men, women, everything like the story it, is amazing. It's hard one. to even comprehend what she does. And that is very inspirational. And in that podcast, her, she herself said that men that menopause has been kind of a non-starter for her. it's been like not like her she doesn't have a whole lot of symptomology it, that doesn't take away from anything she just did because she actually sits on a trainer for 15 hours staring at nothing but a wall and no music so she's just like it's a whole other thing yeah. right but the people who i have been most moved and inspired by myself who i like have stuck harder in that way are the ones like you know adina o'neill comes to mind you know she is an everyday athlete. She's often a back of the pack athlete. And she has really been struggling with depression and hormone swings and she, her weight, and she's trying different things. You know, she is curious. So she's trying hormone therapy. She's doing a lot of trial and error. Most of it right now is error for her. And, you know, she just put up a post yesterday. I was like, I love this so much. Like she, instead of just going, okay, I, like this obviously is nothing is working. I'm done. I'm out. You know, she has been like, okay, body, this is who we are at this moment. You know, this is what's going on. What can we do now to work with where we are now? And she's taken up cold water swimming, you know, like she's a, she's a bigger athlete and she's like, she's doing these amazing swimming races and these amazing swimming feats. And she looks joyful and she's putting herself out there. And I was like, yes, like, yes, like, this is amazing. Right. Like that, like I, that I leave that just thinking. Hell yeah. Like if, if, if she can get herself in that headspace and show up and just find something that works for her and be successful and be joyous, like we all can. Yeah. And she's embodying that curiosity and that experimentation, never given up. That's wonderful. Ah, uh, thank you. I love that. And what about a guest who kind of surprised you that maybe turned your own ideas upside down, if any? I haven't really had that. And I think it's because I do spend so much time researching in this. So I, I think the thyroid episode was the one that I learned the most personally from because I had never really thought about thyroid. I was like, wow, okay, that's. And then I started like looking around. I'm like, I bet my friend who's been talking about this has a thyroid thing. You know, like <laughs> all of a sudden, like things at, like were connecting. But the one that made me really want to burn everything down uh, it was an early episode with uh, Eleanor Cleghorn called Unwell Women. If you need to be fired up and want to pick up a torch and burn the world down, I highly recommend <laughs> that episode, you know, because she wrote this whole book, which is amazing on the history of women in medicine. And oh, my God. I mean, there's a whole chapter on menopause, but, but just how about our wandering wombs and our hysteria and you know, and a, and a lot of this stuff is not that long ago and experimenting on black women without anesthesia because they don't feel pain because they're less human. I want to I, I, I couldn't break enough things. I was so angry. So it, like but it, it's it's really important to know that it's important to know that how medicine has viewed us because we are still in this space. Mm -hmm. We're still in this space. And one of the things that, you know, when you talk about frustrating, I said the word, but one of the most frustrating things, honestly, is that 
there are so many women because medical only 7% of residents in a re- really recent survey said they felt prepared to talk to about menopause. Yeah, and that was included OBGYN that included <laughs> terrible, right? It's incredible. It's crazy. They don't learn about menopause. So they're not prepared. So we have women who are getting these symptoms that they don't know are menopause and their doctors don't know. So they'll have like all over joint pain. They'll have vertigo. They'll have depression, you know, all these symptoms that are not seemingly related. So they're going to all these different doctors and every doctor is saying, you're fine. So they're just like, okay, I guess this is me now. And I'm losing my mind instead of like somebody who can go like, oh, your hormones are fluctuating at this time. And this can cause all those symptoms. And maybe let's try some hormone therapy for you. And and which is really great for a lot of those things. You're still to this day, I'm talking to so many women who go from doctor to doctor to doctor to all these symptoms and not including their OB-GYN. And they, they're just like, oh, that is the most yeah. maddening thing. It is. It is. It's, it's horrifying. And it comes from that. It comes from that space of that, how we were treated historically. Like it's still happening, you know, like we're just, we're starting to crack that, but it's going to take some time. You know what I heard yesterday, even there's a big scandal in France right now with um, nursing homes and they're basically, they're very expensive med- nursing homes and they're mistreating the residents. There was an interview with the daughter of one of the women who was in there. And she said that she wasn't getting the care or they were giving her some, you know, some or not giving her some treatment because they said old people don't feel pain. Oh my God. I was shocked. I mean, it was just, so just yesterday, honestly, it's, 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 where does that come from? It's horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. Like outright horrifying. It's really sad. So we do need to change these things. Old people do feel pain. (laughs) Yeah, they do. We all do. We all do. Everything on this planet, fish, us, whatever. (laughs) I mean, we all feel pain. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. So no, we do, we do need to change these things, but Let's talk a little bit about the, because you, you do have all of these, these uh, episodes that you've been, not all of them, but some of the episodes you've mentioned, actually, you have some show notes, like a pretty awesome notes that I found in the feisty menopause space. Let's talk a little bit about these programs, these groups that we're all part of. And some of us are, some of us aren't because they're, they're, they're different. There's the Facebook group, then mm-hmm. there's the feisty menopause group, which is a subscription model. And then there's these summits that come around, why don't you break some of them down for us? So we, we know what, which group offers what at what level? Totally. So, I mean, we have the hip play, not pause Facebook group, and that is just a closed private group, but you just knock on the door, tell us about yourself when we let you in. You know, just, we just keep out <laughs> trolls and stuff. It's, it's totally free. It is a very engaging space. I, I highly recommend that as an entry point. And you can find us at also free by steam menopause on Instagram and Facebook. And I create blogs as well. So I write a weekly newsletter, which also covers a lot of the science. You know, I look for new studies coming out. Sometimes there are things, you know, rants about cultural things, (laughs) but, uh, but it's, again, that's, that's a free resource. And uh, we have our feisty menopause membership, which is now the next level membership. And that is a deeper dive into all these things. And we also do twice a month, ask me anythings with Dr. Stacey Sims. Yeah. And that's on Facebook. So, right. The, oh, no, sorry. Zoom. It's a zoom call or is that's that a, a zoom? It, yeah. We do that zoom kind of like this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I keep missing them because it's not my time zone, but I, <laughs> I watch <laughs> we, the replays. We can't. <laughs> yeah. 
I know. So you that that's a great. I just started that, and I I found a lot of these resources here as well, and I I just think it's amazing uh, what what you're doing and how you're putting it all together, so we can easily find this information. You know, the 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 podcast summaries are fantastic too. If you don't have time to listen to them for an hour, yeah. you can just read, get the cliff notes. Yeah, the membership on gets that too. I put together like because people were telling me literally they were listening to some of them three times because some of them are very dense. You know, yeah. like I had the estrogen matters people on, like there's a lot of information to try to, you know, so I, I put together these podcast guides and you get those as part of the membership as well. Yeah. As I well love that episode. Sheets. Yeah. Yeah. And that was because you literally, cause you need to write notes to some of these podcasts. Yeah. That's why I just did it. I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to do it. And then yeah. people are super grateful for that. Yeah. No, I know some people do, but if you're, you know, jogging or something, you, you can't take those notes and you go, shoot, you know, I need that. So I love that. So there's so many great ways to, to find what you're writing about your blog. What can women do who are listening now to do to support your mission? You know, honestly, the, the simple thing, I mean, certainly if you want to join our membership, we'd love to have you, right? You know, that's the next level membership at Feisty Menopause. Uh, but the, the biggest thing for spreading all of this is you know, listen to the show and share it. Like sharing, sharing the show, subscribing and sharing has gone a huge way. It makes so many things possible because we have all these sponsors and people pay attention, you know, and the show just won an award. And like, there's a lot of, it goes a long way. Like when you have everyone telling you, please share, please share, please subscribe and share. There's a reason for that, you know, because it really, it helps and it really works. So that's the biggest thing. Frankly. Yeah, it has an impact. And that's what yeah. it is. You're, you're spreading the word and, and actually just by sending it to somebody sharing, you are having that conversation about menopause yeah. or, you know, or getting older. I think it's something I, I believe it or not. I had a conversation with someone who was about 62 in Ireland. And she was so happy to talk about menopause with me that she said, you know, in my group with my friends, they go, whenever I try to talk menopause, they go, shh, 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 shh. You don't talk about that. And I was like, what, are, are you living in the like middle ages? Like, are you kidding me? Your friends tell you you shouldn't talk about that? That's crazy. It's crazy. It's funny. My mom, it's funny. My mom, we had Sunday dinner, you know, once a month and they were over this past Sunday and she is now like just gushing about her own experience because she was, they never talked about it either. She never had anyone to talk about it to. And so now I'm hearing like all about like this experience that she never, that she never talked about when you know, I was growing up or with her friends. And like, this is so fascinating. Yeah. No, we got to talk. Yes. <laughs> That's how we help each other. Exactly. That's our strength as women. Totally. What was the biggest takeaway, Jen, from yesterday's talk about uh, adaptogens? I thought it was super curious about the consistency of them. The you know, consistency? like, what do you mean? The like, consistency yeah, of like, using uh, them, you mean? Yeah, correct. Like, like if you do take them, don't take it, don't take one and then five days later take another, like don't experiment that way, but dive in for three weeks every day. Uh, she recommended in the morning, if you're confused about, you know, having to stay up late <laughs> because, um, uh, the suppressant versus, you know, suppressing the body or, or revving it up, revving it up. So I thought that was interesting because I think some people do it's, it seems to be like a hot product in, you know, like a fancy product now that you can find. Yeah. And so it's difficult to find what you want, how many mill, you know, like there's, there's now almost totally. too much information. Right. So it's, it's difficult to maneuver 
because you don't hear the right things. You just hear the marketing and the the promos behind it now. So it's something to think about. Yeah. And people take them like they would an Advil, right? And they're like, oh, but you know, I still have my headache. You know, and, and it doesn't work that way. They do need to sort of build up a little bit over time. You know, it's like a it's a it's a much more subtle dimmer switch of, of cortisol and work again, working with that physiology. And that's just not like something that happens in an hour. You know, you, 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 yeah, like a three week, a three week trial is really a good way to see if they're helping or, you know, and we're not all, we're not test tubes. So it is, it can be some trial and error. You know, some people will try some be like, yeah, I didn't really feel it. And some people, I mean, I know one woman who's like, you will never take my ashwagandha away. Like, she's just like, I sleep, I'm calm. Yeah. And other people are just like, oh, and they try something else. Like, oh, that's a me, you know? So it, it does take, it's, it's definitely a process. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for chiming in, Jen. Um, and yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad. It's good to hear positive reinforcement of of, of the, the group. And, and it's not just me. <laughs> There's a <laughs> lot of people out there and uh, and you're one of them. So I hope to see you at, uh, you know, on the Facebook page and and, and around. So thank you. Yeah, so for sure. It, it's nice that it's more of a conversation versus just, I think a couple of years ago, it was just kind of soaking up the information, which is also good, but you go to all these webinars and, and you know, you can only kind of do that much where, I want to sit in a round table and, and really dive in and, and continue to get the information. So yeah, thank yeah. you both. Awesome. That's next level. Thank you, Jen. Mandy or Julia, have got any, any last minute words before we, we close out? I'll just say a last minute word. I'm just super grateful for people like Celine and Dr. Stacy that are, you know, getting this word out there because I have to tell you in my late thirties, my hormones completely crashed out and I went into kind of an early menopause. I'm not fully in menopause, but I went amenorrheic and all that stuff. And all they kept telling me was you have to quit running. You know, it's this marathon training that got you to this point. And I did, I quit for six years. It didn't wow. at all. And I was so happy when I ran my first half marathon back from that in 2018. And now I'm just like, I'm working with Aaron Carson out here in Colorado. Oh, that's awesome. and, Yay. Yeah. Yay. I love to hear awesome. that. Awesome. And I'm just like, I'm going to win my age group again because you know, oh, I need to be there. Yeah. So I'm super grateful, Celine, that you're, you know, getting this message out here and I'm helping get your message out there because, you know, I don't want women to not be able to do the things they love. Totally. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mindy, Mindy's a, um, managing the athlete, uh, uh, menopause for athletes alumni group. And, uh, and so it's, that's another great space. There's so many wonderful people. And so these are people who've gone through the, um, menopause for athletes program, Stacey Sims and we have a lot to chat about and, and lots, lots of things to compare with. So thank you so much, Dr. Marziaz, for coming and joining us for that. Uh, one last question from me, uh, Celine, do you have any last words or message you'd like to share with, with our group? It's the one that I always say, and it's live forward. I mean, if anyone asks me what my philosophy on all of this is, it's that. I think that it's very easy to get to a certain place and 50 for a lot of people is that place. Menopause can be that place where all of a sudden you're like looking back over your shoulder at everything that you did and were and that life and thinking like, like just living in this, in this space where you're looking backward at and not setting new goals for yourself and not trying new things and not looking at all the great things that are ahead of you. And if there's one thing I think that is useful is like live forward live forward. Your life is still, you have this glorious life ahead of you still. I love that. I thought you were going to say live feisty. 
Well, that too. <laughs> yes. Stay live feisty, forward. live forward. <laughs> With a little bit of feistiness in you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. If everybody want, anybody wants to reach out to you, the best place I think is on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you are Fit Chick or Fit Chick 3, right? Mm-hmm. On Depending on which platform, I'll have all of them in the show notes. And your website, celineyeager.contently.com. Is that the best place? to find you there? That's the best place to find my body of work, you know, but like you can find you, you find me at uh Celine Yeager Fitchick, everything on Facebook. I put everything up there and on Instagram. So, I mean, unless you really want to go a deep dive and everything I've ever written, you don't need to go there. Uh, yeah. You've got some yeah. wonderful articles though. I, I really encourage yeah. people to sign up for the newsletter as well. I, I love that. I look forward to that. You take up some great topics and you're so good at writing. You make it so Thank pleasant you. to read. <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, and of course, livefeisty.com. Um, you will go to that website and you will find the Hit Play, Not Pause podcast or Apple Podcast, Spotify, all the wonderful places where you find podcasts. Join me there and learn more about how to live forward and how to live feisty. So thank you everyone for joining us. And thank you so much, Celine, for your time. And I hope we can have you come back. I would love that. Thank you so much. And keep on doing what you're doing too. Hey, did you enjoy the podcast? Don't forget to subscribe to be notified of all the new episodes and leave a review to help build the tribe. It's a small act of kindness that brings me big benefits and helps others find this amazing content. The best thing you can do is share. Sharing is caring. Statements made on this podcast have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Anything we say or products we mention are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information provided by this podcast is not a substitute for personal medical advice and not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from the personal research and experience of me and my guests.